In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with the legend himself, Jake Burns. How are you, Jake? I'm great, Paul. How are you? Jake, you've had more promotions than God knows whoever. You seem to be working one place and the next place and the next place. Mate, you are doing so well at the moment, and I absolutely love your work, and I think everyone does in the Browns community. I appreciate that very much. I, uh, I obviously am a big fan of what you guys do across the pond, and uh, it's always a pleasure to be on. Excellent. So I thought we'd do, we'd try and do something a bit controversial and look at the roster last year, uh, at this time of the year, before the season started, and the roster now going into week one. So not for the whole season, and trying to compare uh, room, position room by position room and see, is it clearly we've got more strength or have we got weaker in certain positions? How does that sound to you, Jake? That sounds great. It's going to be a fun pod because I think there's some di- there's some differentiating pieces here that'll be. Uh, I think it's going to be a little more startling than we think it will be. And I think it, it, it's really easy just to say, "Oh well, everyone's matured a year," uh, so we we can look at it sometimes on the paper, how it looks on paper, and how actually people have developed as well. So uh, there may not be a, a clear answer, but um, yeah, let's let's crack on and start off with the uh, quarterback room, and. Uh, yeah, Jake, how, how do you see it from 2018? We've obviously lost Tyrod Taylor and Mayfield's improved. So I think they're probably the, the, the first talking points. Well, I think if, you, if you're looking at the, the group as a whole with air quotes there, um, you would have to say it's weaker. I think you would have to say it's weaker in, in a sense that um, – you know, if, if Mayfield were to somehow get hurt or something were to happen, it would, it would, it would be, uh, I guess it would, it would probably be a worse backup situation than with, uh, with Tyrod than Drew Stanton. But having said that, when Tyrod played with, you know, with Cleveland in two and a half games last year, he was, he was so, he was just really bad, and um, and it, and that's not. It wasn't the norm for what he was as a quarterback. So it's hard for me to say those two and a half games mean that is what he is moving forward. Now he signed out with the Chargers and is backing up Philip Rivers. But it's it to me it is he. You have to take him for what he was worth in Cleveland last year, and he wasn't very good. So the room as a whole, due to Mayfield being as good as he is. I would say that it is a better quarterback situation than what it was last year Um, because Mayfield being as good as he is. And if Stanton were to be pressed into duty in a week one situation, he cannot play much worse than how Tyrod was playing. So that's kind of where I'm at. I would say that the quarterback position gets a a better than last year's score. And if you look at like Taylor versus Gilbert, who would you go with uh, um, if you were uh, Kitchens? 
Well, I mean, or do you mean like for this year, like Stanton and Gilbert, or do you well, mean you it, obviously got um, yeah, Stanton was in 2018 and also in 2019. Stanton's going to be both there, but like if if they were, if you had a choice of uh, Tyra Taylor or Gilbert, who would you like to give it to? I, I mean, I would feel better about giving it to Tyrod. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a backup quarterback, but you hope you don't have to play those guys very often. So, um, you know, that's 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 the the best case scenario. But you know, Garrett Gilbert's a bit of an unknown. I think he played well in the you know the AAF or whatever, but he still has been relatively unproven in the NFL. So you don't you don't feel any better about him than you would. Um, anybody else you would sign out of the AF or off the street or whatever from another league. And Tyrod deserves more consideration than that. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Um, Mayfield wins this conversation just because he's had his, he has his OTAs, he's had his training. He is the number one quarterback going into this season. So, um, yeah, there is a risk element, obviously, if he gets injured. But I think it's quite clear the quarterback room is better going into this season. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think we can – with how good Mayfield finished the year and what we know he is, you can't say that they're worse than last year. Back up, question mark, but I think overall positive. Now, running back room, we're going to discount Hunt because he's not going to come until week nine and we're looking at going into week one. I think the big thing last year, we had Hyde and obviously you had Duke Johnson and Chubb. Chubb's obviously progressed. Duke Johnson's Duke Johnson. He hasn't – Maybe his head's not in the right place. We can discuss that in a million. And then we've got Hilliard. So Hyde versus Hilliard, I'd say probably one of the key battles looking at 2018 versus 2019. Yeah, uh, I, would, I would probably call if you're, if you're removing Kareem Hunt from the situation as he won't be there week one. You know, with the progression that Nick Chubb made to being what we know he is as opposed to what we, you know, going into last year, week one as a rookie, you know, Duke Johnson is maybe, like you said, not in the right frame of mind. This is probably a push for me just because I think that at least at least I know this. They're better in terms of Nick Chubb is better physically. He's better mentally. He's better understanding the NFL game. So at the minimum, this would be a push. Hilliard's better. He's come along. He's drawing rave reviews in camp in terms of how he's, you know, playing and the role that they've carved out for him. You know, the more I think about it, Paul, I figured they're probably better. I mean, Carlos Hyde was just sort of, you know, league average running back. And now they have a guy that they're giving consistent carries to who's a much better running back, who was one of the better rookies in the entire NFL, top 10 back in the league last year, and just starting the last, uh, you know, week seven on. So, yeah, I, I, even without Kareem Hunt, who comes back week eight, I think you still consider this a better running back situation than it was last year. Yeah, I, I've been uh, going back and watching uh... – last season's games, the early games in the preseason as well. And obviously we had Matthew Days as well, which he looked quite good against the um, Lions uh, last year. But um, I'm a big Hyde fan, especially uh, with the Jets game. Um, Baby on the way, birthday, got the touchdowns, changed, helped change. Obviously Mayfield was the uh, uh, catalyst, maybe the change. But yeah, I thought Hyde was great. I'm, I personally think maybe week one with Hyde as a, a, a an experienced pro, um, I, I would say uh, maybe the running back room, it's tough to say as well, especially with Chubb's development. But yeah, I, I'm going to go with, I think that uh, running back room, 
maybe with with Hyde's experience, maybe have been a little bit stronger last year. Yeah, um, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't argue it. It's it's very hindsighty at this point. We, if you consider where you were going into last year, we have the benefit of hindsight this year of knowing what became of those players. So I, I think that that's fair too. Okay, and obviously when Hunt comes back, I think we're going to have an absolute dream running back room. So uh, yeah, week nine is going to be great to see uh, how the room's going to look. For sure, I agree with that. Hey, Paul, can we pause for two minutes? Yeah, sure. All right, okay, I got to run downstairs, grab Now the wide receiver room. Last year we had Josh Gordon, this year Odell Beckham. And the depth of the wide receiver room, obviously we've got Higgins, Callaway have both got more experience and progressed. But what's your views? Yeah, wide receiver room is unquestionably better. Uh, you have a consistent player um, who will <coughs> mentally be uh, into what's going on. Uh, you upgraded wide receiver one there. I'm talking about Odell Beckham over over Josh Gordon. And then the depth, like you mentioned, three guys who played a lot last year will now be a year older, more acquainted with the system, much better there. You have guys at the back end, Ratley, Willies, who saw time and gained experience. If you include tight ends in this group. Are you doing tight ends separate? We'll do tight ends separate. Okay, yeah, I think the wide receiver room is unquestionably better from top to bottom. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any position – um, in the depth of the wide receiver room that's weaker. I think that is a clear yes. So uh, I think, yeah, let's move on as quick as we can. Tight end room. Now, this is a bit more controversial. Obviously, we had Fells last year. And this year, I guess, he's been kind of replaced by Harris. Yeah, I think he's better too. I think Demetrius Harris brings different elements to the game. He blocks every bit as well as Darren Fells does. And a uh, big guy who can go up and make catches too. More of a receiving threat. And uh, David Njoku progressing the last half of last year, sort of coming into his own in terms of being a bit more sure-handed. Another year of set the valve, uh, you know, kind of just being a part of things. You know, he'll play some fullback, I would imagine. He'll play some tight end three, I would imagine, too. I feel better about the tight end room. I think they upgraded tight end two. They would not have let Darren Fells go if they did not think a better player was out there. And I think Demetrius Harris is a better player. So I think they've upgraded tight end two. And what you've seen of Harris so far in um, the OTAs with your own eyes, how good does he look? Good, rangy, can, can, can really run out in open space for a guy his size and, uh, you know, a nice physical presence down near the goal line. He block, you, know, you can only tell so much about blocking when guys aren't wearing shoulder pads and all that, but uh, he, he can do those things. His film tells you he can do those things, so I do expect him to be fine and uh, a nice upgrade for that position when they do uh, 12 personnel with a, with a tight end there too. And do you think that um, Seth DeValve makes the roster? Yeah, I do. I do. I think that it would be surprising to me if he didn't because I think you can carve a role out for him sort of in the, in the role that uh, uh, Orson Charles played last year, you know, that fullback and, and wing tight end three position. And he's, he's reliable enough, and he made some plays in the passing game last year. So I think that that is a role that they'd be wise to keep him in if he's willing to do those things. Okay, excellent. All very positive so far with the offense. Now let's break the O-line into two, inside and outside. Uh, obviously, inside, we've left uh, Zeitler. And we've kind of, Corbett's been kind of promoted. I think that's the only real change there. Any, anything else you'd say on the inside? I think depth-wise, they got better. Uh, you know, they, they improved with the likes of bringing in Eric Cush and Brian Winsman. Those guys have 
have played consistent starting snaps for the last two years, different teams. So they did, they did improve depth, but when you lose somebody like Kevin Zeitler, you are, you are going to feel that. And now the matter at which you feel that, or I should say the degree at which you feel that could vary, but um, yeah, I think, I think you can feel that a little bit. So in my opinion, the interior offensive line uh, got worse. Now, like I said, does that can impact winning all too much? I, I don't know, but it, I do know that they would. You know, if you lose Zeitler, you're not going to be as good as you were uh, last year. It's really interesting what you said because, yeah, Kush and Weissman are uh, NFL starters. And th- theoretically at the moment, we're seeing Corbett as the, um, as the guard. But either of them two, you know, could be uh, knocking on the door and uh, t- t- uh, taking Corbett off that number one spot. Agreed. Okay, so you, you think uh, we're weaker on the inside. How about on the outside? We've lost um, Desmond Harrison. Uh, we've got some um, good players, obviously, with Forbes, uh, Lamb. Uh, I'll try and say it. Finger by Ogley. Uh, I probably said that really bad. But, um, yeah, we've got some new uh, up-and-coming talent. What's your views on that? Well, I think the three that they will keep um... – Will will probably be, uh, you know, they're going to have. I'm drawing a blank. Right tackle, they'll keep Hubbard. Obviously, Hubbard plays right tackle for him. Greg Robinson will play left tackle. Those two are going into the season solidified in those roles, and then they will very likely keep Kendall Lamb, who they signed from Houston, who's had experience at both left tackle and right tackle. They will, they will, they will keep him as the swing backup tackle, and he he worked that way in camp too. Forbes is likely, if he doesn't earn a job as a backup guard, is likely going to be a practice squad player, um, which is which is okay. He can he could use a year to develop. Uh, granted, nobody else signs him away, but um, yeah, I think they're better at tackle. They they you know Desmond Harrison was a walking issue from about week three on and became a bigger problem in the locker room. Obviously, it all festered into his release recently, so. Um, I think they're. I think you can safely say that they're better. Does it mean their tackle situation's good? Not necessarily, but I do think they are better or uh, in a better spot than they were uh, when they started an undrafted free agent at left tackle week one last year. Well, that sums up the offense. It looks like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the running back as as improved, and five position rooms are, are stronger. And obviously, uh, the one at where we don't think so strong is maybe inside uh, O-line. Now, looking at the defense, defensive tackle, we've got Richardson now. I'm, I'm sure that's a clear win. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, think they certainly, uh, I think they certainly got better. I mean, when you played Trevon Coley a consistent number of snaps on the inside and he was one of the, uh, one of the worst – graded tackles by the end of the year and you didn't I didn't feel great going into the year with him as your tackle opposite of Larry Ogunjobi so Sheldon Richardson's a massive upgrade then you have the depth is a little concerning but it was just as concerning going into last year and uh, the guys behind there Devereaux Lawrence uh, Brian Price is another name who's there uh, you know then you have Coley still and then you have um uh, oh shoot I forget his name taken out of Baltimore. Um, uh, Lawrence? Yeah. Or yeah. Acula, who's getting quite a lot, getting a bit of 
or Carl Davis. Carl Davis, there it is. Yeah, so they claimed and didn't see a ton of time last year, but I think that they feel better about him this year. So I don't know. They'll they'll do a bunch of different sets where they'll bump Gennard Avery in and bump, uh, you know, um, Olivier Vernon inside, Miles Garrett inside occasionally. But the first two, you know, Larry getting a, a healthy bill of, uh, you know, clean slate year three here uh, and off the shoulder injury, and then inside with. Uh, uh, Sheldon Richardson's upgrade. It's a massive upgrade. I think they're better interior than they were. And maybe Trevon Coley's better in a limited number of snaps too. So that could be another change of events there. Yeah, excellent. I still feel that we're one player away in the defensive tackle. Um, another strong DT vet style, like a, a Kush or a Weissman, but on this side would be amazing. Yeah, I agree. I wish they would have, and maybe they can find somebody here closer to camp or they can find somebody off of the uh, waiver wire too. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on to the defensive end. Obviously, we've lost uh, Ogba, um, but now obviously we've got uh, Vernon, um, and we can say Avery's, according to practice, is going to be defensive end as well. Yeah, better than last year. Um, you know, the Olivier Vernon upgrade is massive over Manuel Ogba opposite Miles Garrett. Anytime you have Jannard Avery as a rotational player, that's good. You know, Anthony Zettel sort of came into his own the last half of last year. I like him as a rotational player coming in and playing maybe 20 snaps a game. And then you're still trying to get something out of um, Chad Thomas, who looks better physically, and they can't speak to how well he'll play, but he looks better physically. And then Chris Smith will be there and active too. He's a good football player on your second second group too. So yeah, this is the biggest upgrade is Vernon for Agba, and I think that you can't deny um, that that'll make a pretty big impact for them. So you, you feel good about saying going into this year, they're in a much better spot on the outside as well. Yeah, I, I, I strongly agree on there. Looking at the linebacker room, um, I, I, I thought before I, my notes that we had Kindred, but I guess he never started the season. So we can take him out of the equation. But yeah, obviously Jamie Collins, Kirksey, Schobert, um, obviously with the three big names coming into the year. And obviously we've got uh, Kurtzy, Schobert with some a couple of draft uh, people at the moment. So uh, yeah, what's your what's your view on that, uh, Jake? Well, it's interesting. I mean they 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 drafted a couple linebackers, but um, uh, they it's this one I would almost call a wash. May, maybe they got worse because they let go of Jamie Collins, but they're not going to be playing as many. Um, three linebacker sets, so it probably doesn't make that big a difference, but it does hurt their depth a little bit. I don't think they got much worse. They should have a healthy Kirksey and a healthy Schobert going into the year. I think that you know the rookies they took in Mac and Sione Takitaki are going to be good football players eventually. I, I don't know. I would say um, I would say they slightly downgraded their linebacker room, but it's not, you know, it's not much. It's very minimal. I think we're in a great position going forward. We've got youth there to um, progress, which is great. But yeah, it's similar to the uh, quarterback room. I think one big injury to Schober or Kurtzy, touch wood, it doesn't happen. Then, um, yeah, we could be in a, a bit of concern. I think it, it really lacks that, once again, that tier two vet style player linebacker that we could potentially have there. Yeah, it would, it would have been nice to sign somebody like Zach Brown, but, uh, they they seem to be committed to having more uh, more depth at safety and corner to offset that. So I see where they're coming from with it. 
do you think uh, Adarius Taylor was brought in as more of that um, bit more experienced linebacker? Yeah, I think they view him as as somebody who can play when they play three linebackers. He played some for Tampa last year, but his his calling card has always been special teams. He's been a a big part of special teams, a special teams captain in Tampa Bay. So I'm not counting on him too much as a linebacker. I would tell the fan base the same, that you don't really need to count on him significantly as a linebacker. So, uh, yeah, but in situations where they have three – you know, three linebackers on the field, he'll play. And, and I, but I wouldn't expect him to play all too much, be a bigger uh, part of special teams, like I said. So um, it, it's, it's tough. I don't think that they're any necessarily any worse than they were last year, but I could see where you could say that it was a, a, slightly, a slightly worse room overall. Mm. Now moving to cornerback, obviously we had EJ Gaines last year as a, as a key part of the corner room. And now we've got Greedy, uh, Greedy Williams. So uh, how are you seeing that, Jake? Well, I think their cornerback situation is um, it's probably solidified. I, I mean, to, I, I think it's better. I, I, you know, you, you draft Greedy Williams in the second round, who you like a lot. You like him, you like him a ton. Uh, they took him, and he had a really impressive OTA in minicamp and was already running with the first team. You have a healthy Denzel Ward. You still have Terrence Mitchell, who was a starter last year, who's been sort of relegated to that rotational outside corner. And you have TJ Carey inside where he's better positioned to play inside than outside. So actually you would, I would think you would say that this is a better cornerback room with more depth and you still have uh, Philip Gaines too, is another name that they have at that position too. So um, yeah, corner corners better than it was last year. Yes. Yeah, a good point. I think uh, last year we had brought a lot of corner corners into the, uh, to, into the roster. We didn't know a lot about them and yeah, now they've definitely, we know, Terrence Mitchell, I think, is a great cornerback. Uh, and uh, um, besides his injury, he really did well last season. I would agree. Created a ton of turnovers. as a knack for that. And uh, I hope he's still a part of this team in terms of staying engaged mentally and doesn't feel like he's been moved on from because they'll need him at some point this year. Yeah, excellent. Now, here comes a real tough question, the safety room. Kindred Peppers, BBC all gone and we've got uh burnett red wine whitehead maybe murray in the mix as well you probably would say it got worse uh you know losing peppers and letting body calhoun walk and uh um you know i, I i'm indifferent on on uh Derek kindred but they brought in some pieces to replace i don't think that the morgan burnett or eric murray or or Jermaine Whitehead or as good a football player as Jabril Peppers, but I think they can be uh, 90% of what Jabril Peppers was. So your answer here is they probably got worse, but they did bring in some versatile players, and they're going to move Demarius Randall around a lot that I think it's still a really good safety group. But, uh, I th- you know, I think Peppers is a good football player, so I think they're eventually going to be hurt by losing him some, but you may, you may not notice it all too much. I think they, they'll, they'll rotate those guys and put them in positions that they're best for, so, um, you know, do I, I guess I could say here, I could see how you could say it would get worse, but I'm not too concerned about it uh, in, in, as a whole. And your views on Kindred? It's just a, he's a decent box safety, a guy who can play, um, you know, a guy who can play and run support and play the edge, but he was never going to be a very good coverage player, and he was proven to, to struggle in that area in his time in Cleveland. So, um 
them letting him go was of no consequence to me because I just didn't, he was so replaceable. Like the likes of Eric Murray, the likes of Morgan Burnett are better players than him, more complete players. So I was happy with those moves. And uh, Jake, do you see him going with five safety players this season? Probably with how much they rotate defensive backs being uh, on the field more than linebackers. I, I, I certainly could see them uh, potentially keeping five of them. Yeah. And the last one. But I, I'll admit, I haven't looked at the roster numbers and all that stuff yet. I'll get into that in training camp. But, uh, um, yeah, the key, them keeping a large volume of safeties and less corners because guys like Eric Murray and guys like, um, you know, Morgan Burnett and, and the likes of Jermaine Whitehead can all walk down and play different positions, almost linebackers or nickel corners, makes it, you know, a feasible thing for that situation. Excellent. And uh, last one, kickers, Zane Gonzalez. Versus Joseph or Cyber, if I said that correct. Cyhut. Mm -hmm. Nope, Cyber's good. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they're – listen, Zane Gonzalez was pretty bad. And, uh, you know, Greg, Greg Joseph was just sort of fine. He looks a lot more confident. He's been kicking the ball well when I've seen Greg Joseph. And they really like Austin Cyber too. So, I feel – this is tough because is it a how you feel going into this year or what you know? You know what I mean? Like going into last year. I think they're going to be a better kicking team. I think that I really trust what, uh, what Mike Prefer is doing with special teams. So I, I think they're going to be better all around in terms of how they approach special teams and the results they get from their special teams. So I'm going to say that I think it'll be a better group overall. And Jake, who do you reckon is going to make the 50-50 kicking battle? It's tough. I think every advantage is going to go to Cybert. I, I'm predicting he gets that job, but and you know, you never know with these guys you draft. History tells you you just never know how good they're going to be, and it's it's going to be if if Greg Joseph keeps kicking the way he has been, it's going to be a tight training camp race, and how you kick in preseason will make all the difference. Well, Jake, thank you so much for your time. I'm just going through the numbers now. It looks like there's only three rooms that. Um, probably are not as strong as we said there's nothing real major concerns there and if you look at the positives there's one two three four five six seven eight nine positional rooms that have improved and i think that's when you start seeing double digits hopefully with wins we're seeing all these position rooms have improved yeah i think that's safe to say and that's what everybody feels you know going into this year is that the group they're putting on the field this year is certainly better than what they did last year. So that's why they're the media darling. They're the name, you know, the name a lot of people in the NFL are running with because they've improved in so many areas. So barring injury or barring anything crazy happening, I think that they've uh, on paper justifiably improved and deserve some of the respect that they're getting. And what's your win loss prediction at this stage, uh, Jake? Uh, I feel good about 11 and five. Um, but 10 and six feels like the most realistic outcome. Yeah. And Jake, tell us, uh, what's your plans for this season? Anything crazy? Can we do anything different? Well, I mean, I'm taking on a lot of stuff here at cleveland.com. I'm taking on a lot of daily writing for them. So, um, you know, I'm still working with the OBR. I'm, I'm kind of everywhere all at once and doing different things. And, um, uh, you know, those are my two main places that I'm writing a lot for and where you'll see most of my work. So, yeah, that's where I'll uh, that's where I'll be, and you can find me at those two places, and then at Jake underscore Burns eighteen on Twitter. And you're still gonna be breaking down the videos. 
if time permits, we got to see sort of what my role will be as, as things evolve here. My, you know, I got a son and all of that. So I would love to keep doing all of those videos, but I got to see sort of what is expected of me to actually make some money. You know, that's the, <laughs> that's the thing you got to do is make a little money doing this stuff. So um, we'll see. It's a lot to be determined for me in the next month, but I hope to be doing the video stuff I've always done. Well, Jake, t I'm sure everyone's following you if they're not. I've got no idea what they've been doing. Do you want to tell everyone where you can find your details? Yeah, Twitter's at Jake underscore Burns 18. And then, um, you know, I do stuff during the season. I haven't done much in the off season, but um, that's Browns Film Breakdown. At Browns Film BDN on Twitter, I've done a, a lot of stuff there too. It feels a little bit quiet this uh, off season compared to the last uh, handful. Yeah, it's it's – it's less, it's less drama. Um, you know, OTAs have come and gone and that's where you get a lot of it, but you know, there's still going to be a, a media frenzy that'll come and go as, as it, as it gets into training camp and there'll be a lot of expectations. So there'll be, there'll be the public face of the NFL for the first time in a long time. So we'll see how they handle that. And you just got to get through the last half year and, and the first part of July. And then, you know, training camp will be here and it's full force and football season's in your face. Excellent. Will you be at training camp most days or just, once a week or uh no i'll be there i'm gonna go um you know this is sort of i've, I've evolved this into a full-time role so i'll be up there every day for training camp excellent and hopefully you'll be giving us little snippets of uh, what you see with your own eyes uh yeah absolutely buddy that's a that's a plan excellent well jake it's always a pleasure having you on it's uh yeah great to hear that your son is now what year and a half year and a half man running everywhere and jibber jabber and all that good stuff have you got him a browns jersey yet oh yeah we had him one last year it'll fit again for this year so can't <laughs> skip that <laughs> all right awesome who's on the back oh it's a mayfield jersey starting him early okay excellent well yeah jake thank you very much for your time i look forward to seeing you out in cleveland and uh, go browns absolutely buddy go browns